The court, is, the court system is all in on changing the language that the right can use. If women are going to end men's sports, they're going to have to do a lot more of this. We'll talk about what this is. And there are a few fun new toys that the military is implementing. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you have a nice day. So, I hope you had a nice day yesterday. I hope everything was working out for you. Um, first thing I want to talk about, something that really is becoming, honestly, kind of an annoying little, how shall we say it, an annoying little thing that women are doing today, and that is bitching about men. Now, there's an opinion essay by a gal named Christina Emba on Washington, in the Washington Post called, Men Are Lost, Here's a Map Out of the Wilderness. Now, it's a very long essay. I'm not going to read the entire essay to you because it is extremely long. But I'll give you a just, I mean, we're talking it's like 3,000, 4,000 words, which for an opinion essay on the Washington Post, that is really long. But here's the thing that really annoys me. First off, Christine M. Ba- the, the article starts off as just destroying men, saying what men are doing incorrectly, that men are, are feeling bad and they shouldn't be feeling that way. And, and misogyny and sexism. I mean, that's the first like five paragraphs of the story is just how bad men are. And then sitting back and saying they shouldn't be feeling that bad. Because, and you know what, what the main thing is, is because women can't seem to find any good men. I'm not kidding. That's her reasoning. Well, women can't find any good men these days, and it's because they're misogynists, they're they're homophobic, they're uh, sexist, they're caught in their rut, they're too aggressive, they're this, they're that. She gives 50 reasons why men are bad. And then at the end, she basically says, we need more real men in our culture. In other words, we need more masculinity from our men. Now, what really, really, really annoyed me about this article, I'm going to tell you. First things first, it's written by a woman. You know, have me, have the Washington Post call me and have me write an article about men and why they're lost. Because I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of reasons why men are having issues in today's society. And it sure as ain't, heck ain't because of toxic masculinity or misogyny or sexism or anything like that. The last person we need telling us what men are doing wrong is a woman because that's part of the problem. And then it's not just Christina Emba, Christine Emba who wrote this story that's the problem. It's all of the people that she actually talks to to get opinions from are also women. So I'm just lost. What what is it? What is the problem here? Well, it's women who are determining what masculinity is. 
It's women who are determining what the problems of men are. It's not men who, are, who should be sitting back and saying, hey, this is the problem we're having. And it should be men that are self, they're looking at themselves and looking at the, the, the landscape and seeing where the problems are. But instead, it's always women. Christina M., I, 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 we, could, we could go through here and I could find, there's another, another gal here. I can go in here and, and find it if I had if I had gone in and, and searched. We can find I can find like six women she she asks questions about questions to about masculinity. And by the way, one thing she does not talk about in this entire essay, when she sits there and blames men and all this stuff, is the big problem. Masculinity. What are women really missing today? It's real men. It's masculine men. That is the problem. Men who follow what women want. or And basically, when men, men do what women want, they don't do it because they are, they are actually like that. They're doing that because they are trying to get a date or trying to get in a woman's pants. That, I, By the way, that's been like that forever. That's not something I'm making up or something that's just modern. Men have always done that. But men will dress weird and say things and not say other things and act in certain ways because they think that's what women want. And why do men think that? Because that's what women have been saying for ages. So are there problems with men? Yeah. So let's talk about some of those problems. Well, some of those problems might be, first off, most men today are not being raised by women or are being raised by women. The, the divorce rate is so high or the fact that children are born out of wedlock, there's no man in a, a child's life. So right off the bat, that child has no masculine influence on him. That's a big problem. As much as I would say I'm about as effeminate as a person can get when it comes to being a true masculine man, simply because I was raised by a woman. But the reality is I still had my father in my life and I know what men do and I know how men are to act. And I act in exactly that way. And if you think my uh, wife is with me because I am exactly the way her dream man is, that's not true. I'm, I'm, I'm completely the opposite of her. For example, when we have issues, I find her very wishy-washy and I tell her that. She'll wonder why I get so aggressive when I see something happening that shouldn't be happening, let's say at a store. And I sit there and I tell, you know what, I'm not interested in your crap and I walk out. She doesn't like that. She doesn't think that that's how I should be. But she, you know what she does appreciate? The aggression and she appreciates the fact that I stand up for myself. And she says that. When I sit there and tell her, well, I don't like the way you're wishy-washy. You, you should have walked out of that store, but you didn't. And she realizes, yeah, I'm doing something, being aggressive, standing up for myself in ways that she won't do it. She also likes the fact that I can make up my mind. I used to sit back and we we picking a movie, for example. I used to sit back and, and say, what movie do you want to see? And she'd say, I don't care, you pick. 
And I said, well, I don't care either. You pick. And we'd go back and forth. Now I don't do that anymore. I said, we're going to go, let's go see this one. And then that pulls it out of her, whether she wants to see the movie or not. But things like that, I make decisions. I make statements. I make stands. And if she doesn't like any of those decisions or stands, like a movie or where we're going to go to dinner, well, then you pick. And usually she doesn't do it, but she likes that. She actually does like that. That's a trait of masculinity. She feels safe when we go out. She doesn't worry about the fact that, that someone's going to jump her and, and assault her or anything like that. I'm with her and she knows I'll tolerate. She even tells people that. Well, my husband won't handle that. He, he, he will jump right on him. She says this. And she's proud of that. That's part of masculinity that has to be taught. I'm also not one of these people that real masculinity, which all masculinity, the feminists talk about as, as, as toxic. Okay. But real masculinity is also control. I don't just drop at the, I go absolutely ballistic at the drop of a hat. I'll say I didn't like that. But I also have this saying, I, I say, pick the battles. I'm not going to pick battles that I'm A, not going to win, or pick battles that B, are just unnecessary to get upset about. That's another case of masculinity. I learned that from my dad. I didn't learn that from my mom. That was purely my dad. Pick your battles. And the battles that you pick, you fight to the death if you really are right. And then if you're wrong, you just admit you're wrong and that's it. Move on. Which, by the way, all men do all the time. You hear this thing. I don't. Maybe you don't hear this that much anymore. But there used to be a thing where, where men would, would say, well, with women, with men, men will get into an argument, get into a fight, and then we'll actually beat the crap out of each other and then they'll be fine right after. Whereas women, they'll stab each other in the back and they'll do permanent damage and they'll hate forever. That's true. Okay, men typically will get into huge drag-out fights. I've done, had this happen at work. And then 20 minutes later, we're buddies again. We, we express ourselves. Women have a tendency of not doing that. Women see that in a man. They like that in a man masculinity is a good thing and masculinity has to be taught now why are there less masculine men well one we're taught this we're taught this in the schools we're taught this in uh culture you've got gillette that's sitting back and saying men need to stop being so toxic and what are they talking about they're talking about masculinity they're not talking about bad men doing bad things. There are very few bad men that do bad things. There are very few men that will go out there and go on a date and know they're going to rape the woman. It just doesn't happen that often. But the reality is we've been taught. It's like the schools. They say the schools. 20% of women are raped in schools. That's not true. 20 out of every 100 women are raped in schools. One out of every five women are raped in, school, in colleges. That's not true. That would make men, all men. But see, that's the problem. That's what we're being taught. Feminism did that. Thank you very much. So you want to fix men. That's the other thing. Stop denigrating masculinity. 
Because in the end, you know, that's what women want. They want a masculine man. They want a man who's going to be what she's not, which is fine because I want a woman to be what I'm not. I personally think Josie is so cute when she does the things she does. And she does a lot of things better than I do. She works on the house better than I do. She can design things better than I do. She can make decisions on family matters much better than I can do. She's more empathetic than I am. There's lots of things she can do that I cannot do. And there's lots of things I can do that she can't do. It's that acknowledgement of each other and each other's traits that make us strong. But the other problem with men is men have no direction. With the loss of masculinity, with this women's thought, this feminist thought that they don't, women don't need men, okay, which is probably why we're not adding to the population anymore. But with this thought that women don't need men, that's the other problem. Where are men going to... Men are very weak as far as the ego goes. And when we take shots like, well, you're a man, you're, you're not even worth... I mean, God forbid if you're a white man. God forbid if you're a straight white man. Uh, you're not worth anything. You're not important. It, it, nobody needs you. This is a terrible thing to tell a person, any person... But especially a group of people, what a terrible thing to say. Yeah, you're a man. Yeah, we don't need you. And then, of course, there's the, the, the whole deal of we need to have purpose in life. But there's no reason for you to have purpose. Because, because one, the government will take care of you. That is a big problem in, in masculinity today. And because whatever you do, we don't need you anyway. Men need purpose. Men need a reason to live. Men need to be told, you know, you're doing a good job. Men need a lot of things. Men are weak in areas. But we need this kind of stuff. We need encouragement. We need to be told we're doing okay. We can't be told how bad we are. We can't be told how misogynistic we are. We can't be told by a woman what masculinity is. Because I got news to you. News for you. This Christine M M Emba has no idea what masculinity is. She has no idea what, what a man is. And I guarantee you one thing, she is looking for a man. She is looking for somebody who is masculine. Or if she's married, I have no idea if she is or not. I wouldn't marry her. She sounds absolutely horrid. But if she is married, I guarantee you she's married to a real man. And if she's not married to a real... Well, I take it back. Chances are she's married to a guy that's whipped. Because that's what women like this, feminists like this want. They, they want a man that's absolutely whipped. And then they can whip him and whip him, but then stop bitching that he's not masculine. Because in this 5,000 word essay that I'm looking at right now, she never says the one thing men need to be today is masculine. She never says it. And that's part of the problem. The good news is there are still a lot of masculine men out there. And we're going to, you know, we're going to be out there and we're going to be looking. But it's going to be women like this we're going to find. And then we're going to say, nope, not interested. Thank you. Because here's the problem. Not only is masculinity really bad, according to these people. But femininity is way beyond our wildest dreams.
There's a new trend going on where where women actually film themselves on TikTok going places on a, a date that they don't want to go and then throwing an absolute hissy fit about it. Um, well, and all these women, by the way, expect the men to pay for it, which is chivalry and masculinity. I pay for dinner. I always pay. Even when I had no money, I paid for dinner for my girlfriend slash wife. It, that was just something my wife never paid for a damn thing. Even when I had no money, I didn't have two dimes to rub together, I paid for dinner. But these women, they expect you to do all the chivalrous, masculine things, but they don't want you to be chivalrous or masculine, but they don't need chivalry or masculinity. It's, it's, it's a paradox. It's really a strange thing. So there's this weird thing where these women are going to these places that the men are taking them. And they're casually dating. They just started dating. And these women are bitching and moaning on TikTok about how they don't want to go there. And they refuse to go. And they're bitching out their man. There's one where a woman is is on a plane and the man didn't get her first class tickets. As he's taking her on vacation and he, he just they just started dated, dating. There's another video out there where a woman is being taken on a first date to Cheesecake Factory. Which, by the way, an extremely expensive, yes, Horribly overrated restaurant, but a very good first date to the Cheesecake Factory, and she refuses to get out of the car because she deserves better. That's the other problem. The ego of women have just blown up. And I, I see that with my stepdaughter. I keep telling her, you know what? You're not special. You're, you're really not. I never compliment her. I try and stay away from complimenting her because her head gets way too big. And you can tell her head is big already by the way she dresses. So, but that's the whole thing. You want to fix men, first off, fix feminism. Because feminism's got some real problems. Feminism is not going to help masculinity at all. And second off, help men. We need to teach our men to grow up to be masculine. To grow up to be chivalrous. To grow up to open the doors for women. Open the car door for women. Pull out the seat for women. Pay for dinner. Treat them like a queen. And we also need women to stop bashing masculinity. Because masculinity is what women want. Even if they won't admit it. So there's my opening for the day. Let's get to our first story. Okay, one of the biggest issues, and by the way, if you read a lot of books, Mark Levin talks about this, Michael Knowles has written about this, Thomas Sowell has written about this. It involves the changing of language, allowing certain language, not allowing other language. You're just not allowed to speak anymore. And this has turned out to be a real problem. And this has been happening for decades. This isn't something that just that has just started. It's been happening forever. Uh, you can see it. For example, race. It started out with being, okay, I'm, I'm going to say Negro, which was never considered a bad thing to say. Then it went to colored person. Then it w went to black person. Then it went to, by the way, Negro and colored person now are completely off limits which makes like zero sense. Then it went to African-American. Then it went back to black. Now it's that person of color. 
which is makes weird sense for it, it doesn't make any sense that colored person is derogatory but person of color isn't since it's the same words just reversed okay so the language is constantly changing and this has been happening forever and it, language you're not supposed to use is has been just something that really they've been pushing and the left's been pushing for ages but they it's never gotten anywhere now it is now they're beginning to change the language and now court systems and the institutions are beginning to implement those changes so here's here's one and the problem is it's only happening on one direction where language is being edited if the left comes up with language like for example person of color it's a derogatory term color if colored person is a derogatory term so is person of color it's the same thing well the, it, like i said it's only going one direction and here's a story of abortion where they're actually talking in one and by the way i don't change it so for example i'm anti-abortion I'm not pro-life. Of course I'm pro-life. I'm also pro-death penalty. But I'm but that's not what I am. I'm anti-abortion. And I think pro-abortionists and anti-abortionists should be termed in that way. And we shouldn't sit there and muddy the waters. See, the right always does that. The right never just comes up with something before the left. I truly believe rules for radicals is something every conservative needs to read. Because he, because um, Saul Alinsky sits there and just gives the entire playbook of the left. And they've been doing the same thing out of that book since the 70s, since the 60s. And look where we are now. Okay, anyway, so let's take a look. This is an example where now language is being changed in the courtroom when it comes to argument, argumenting about things like abortion. Let's listen to this one. According to, this is from the Daily Caller, a Missouri Western District Court of Appeals upheld a decision on Tuesday that declared Republican Secretary of State Jay Ascroft used, quote, argumentative, end quote, and, quote, partisan, end quote, language in a ballot description of a proposed abortion amendment, court documents shown. A Missouri judge determined in September that Ashcroft's use of phrases such as right to life, unborn child, and dangerous and unregulated and unrestricted abortions were, quote, problematic, end quote, and rewrote the secretary's summary to include approved language. The Court of Appeals agreed that Ashcroft tried to mislead voters with insufficient and unfair language but said that rewritten ballot summaries must specifically mention abortion to accurately describe the proposed amendment, according to court documents. I mean, this is pretty incredible. Unborn child. Um, you've got a fetus in your body that's an unborn child. As a matter of fact, fetus, which is basically what they want them to use, a fetus just stands for uh, offspring, which means unborn child, which means child. Um, right to life. Well, the unborn child has a right to life. Yeah, that's true. I, I, the, how about the fetus has a right to life? But you can't say right to life? Because it's not... There's lots of problems with this whole thing. And if I were Ashcroft, I'd appeal this all the way to the Supreme Court. And, which apparently he's going to do. Let's continue with the article. 
Quote, the circuit court did not err in determining that the secretary's language in this bullet point is not fair and sufficient, the court wrote in its opinion. First, quote, right to life, end quote, is a partisan political phrase in the same manner that the right to choose is a partisan political phrase. The use of the term, quote, right to life, end quote, is not, simply not an impartial term. I don't know. It says so. It says that you have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or property. In the Constitution, it seems like is that a political term? I I don't know. Ashcroft plans to appeal the decision and intends to continue advocating for his original summary language, according to the press release from his office. The secretary claimed that the court's ruling quote continued to gloss over the issue end quote of abortion. Quote, once again, Missouri courts refused to allow the truth to be known. The Western District essentially approved the language that was entirely rewritten by Judge Beatham. Not only is the language misleading, but it is categorically false. Here's the problem with the language. The language is not unheard of. The, what the, right to life is not even a political statement. Uh, unborn child, not a political statement. Right to choose is a political statement because the right to choose, you can argue, that's a very argumentative statement. Um, the right to life and the unborn child, these are not political statements. They're just facts and they're provable facts. That unborn child, we can prove it's an unborn child. Anybody you debate abortion on, you can easily destroy them by saying, well, if it's not an unborn child, what is it? And they will have no answer. I would say, no, what I'm saying is a fact. The right to choose, that's the political statement. That's the, argue, that's the one you can argue. Because it's not a choice once you're pregnant. And we can sit there and have an argument. But right to life, an unborn baby, prove to me that's not an unborn baby. Fetus means baby. So let, uh, well, it means offspring, but it means baby. It means child. This is the problem. This is the thing the left has been doing for years. They have been conflating language. They've done it with gender. Gender, everyone says that gender is always meant, uh, always meant, um, been a universal. It's always been malleable. It's always been fluid. Gender never meant man and woman. Bullshit. Gender meant man and woman up until May of 1955. We even know when gender changed, we can almost give an exact date of when gender changed. We definitely know. We know the year. And we know the guy who did it. It was John Money in 1955. We, he's the one that suddenly changed gender to being something, to being non-biological. He's the one that put this whole gender is on a spectrum. Gender is malleable, and John Money was an evil human being. If you ever want to be disgusted with a human, you ever want to, you ever feel too good about human beings, go to Wikipedia and read about John Money. And even Wikipedia has watered it down a little bit. But we know when the language changed. We know when the language changed that an unborn baby was suddenly not an unborn baby anymore. It was a fetus. And we know when it changed back to it's an unborn baby. 
We know it changed to a fetus or just a clump of cells back in the 70s when Roe versus Wade was passed. And we also know that it changed in 1981 to being an unborn baby when DNA and when DNA, well, DNA confirmed it, but when test two babies were came around, we knew that that was actually a child and that is an unborn baby. We knew all of this. This all came about, but the left, they ignore all that stuff. And they say, it's always been this way. And you cannot say that language. And because we have so many activist courts, they sit back and they go for it. They go with it. Just not, not a good thing here. Not a good thing here. Okay. Let's get to the next point here. Next story. All right. You know, so the, the trans thing is getting out of control. Now, granted, it's not as out of control as the media makes it out to be because, let's be honest, there just aren't that many trans people out there. I mean, and this is what makes taking the trans thing as a platform really stupid. 75% of people don't believe in this trans crap. 90% of people think they can live whatever they want to live, just stay away from my kids, that kind of thing. But to sit back and, and and say, I think it's 65% of the population thinks that men shouldn't compete with women, even though the men say they're trans people. So this is a stupid platform to stand on. But meanwhile, everyone keeps standing on it, including mixed martial arts, martial arts. They keep standing there, especially jujitsu. So women are going to have to fight back against this. Men can't do it. This is one thing men can't do because it's men that are actually invading the sports. Well, this is a great story, and this is exactly what should happen. According to the Post Millennial, numerous female martial artists have gone to media outlets to say that male athletes who claim to be women or transgender have taken over the women's side of a major grappling association. This has created many concerns over safety, reported Redux. A man named Carissa Griffin, who his name's probably Carl or something, was bestowed uh, with a four gold women's medals during his one tournament in Georgia in October 21st, according to the outlet. Now, what's probably a trip here, and this is me talking, not the story, um, this guy probably did compete with men, and he got his ass kicked. But he joins the Women's Association, and suddenly he's winning, winning gold medals all over the place. Now, why is he kicking the ass of women? Oh, let's, let's go through it. The North America Grappling Association, NAGA, has con categories for women and men in its competition, but apparently is now allowing trans-identified males to fight women. Brazilian jiu-jitsu athlete Taylor Moore, who participates in NAGA events, posted a video on her Instagram account of her grappling with a man with the caption, I weigh in at 135 pounds. And she, which is he, was over 200. Naga put out a statement about its policies after Moore's clip had gone viral. Quote, Naga does not require biological women to compete with transgender women, it said. Instead, we give the choice of biological women if they uh, give the choice to biological women. And if they decline, they compete in a division only with other biological women, end quote. Despite this claim by NAGA, Redux, Sports, uh, Redux reports that many have said that it continues to pin women against 
trans-identified men regardless, often doing so without the women's college or consent and giving no choice for her to opt out. And I believe that. I think a lot of this story is BS. I, I do not believe NAGA. I believe NAGA has men's uh, division and women's division. I don't believe NAGA has a trans division. And NAGA basically throws trans men in there and they say, hey, the women have a choice to fight biological men or to fight men. Let's beat the biological men. What else is a man? They have the option to fight men and they don't have to, but I guarantee you if they don't, if they don't, they lose the, they lose the match and then they lose the tournament. So these women have finally said, F it, we're just not going to compete. Good for them. Good for them. And then when you have a bunch of trans men in there fighting very crappily, because obviously if they were good grapplers, they'd be fighting against the men. Um, and no one wants to watch or no one pays attention to it. And and people snigger whenever they see sn snigger. Um, snigger is not a bad term. Uh, laugh, chuckle. How about that? And they chuckle at a they chuckle at a guy receiving a gold medal in the women's women's division because they don't take it seriously. Maybe Naga will sit there and say, "No, biological men or men have to fight in the men's division." And by the way, 135-pound woman fighting a 200-pound man, does that seem fair? How many women in the uh, jiu-jitsu realm weigh 200 pounds? Yeah, probably not a lot, if any. So this is, by the way, this is the only way women are going to win. Miss Universe is going to have two men competing, wearing dresses. One of them is ugly as crap. I don't know how the hell he got in there. But they're going to have two men in Miss Universe. Do you know what I would do if I'm competing in Miss Universe? Not compete. And the reason I wouldn't compete is because you know one of those men is going to win. I hope they do. And I hope they do. Because that's the only way this bullshit is going to end. Is if people look at it and said, God, a man wins a, Miss Be a, beauty a women's beauty contest. I mean, here, it's just like, here, I just don't understand why Naga is doing this. Because... A woman that weighs 135 weighing, fighting against a man that wins 200, that's asking for a broken bone or broken neck or something. And we already know in MMA, there was a man fighting against women and he actually fractured the woman's skull. So you got to sit back and wonder, uh, what is Naga thinking? What is MMA thinking allowing men to fight women? Okay, well... It is what it is. Women, you got to join this. Women, you're, you're just going to have to join us in this. You're going to have to fight against this. And if you don't, you're going to get what you get. Okay, so we've got some new toys in the military, which is really something. Um, now, we only have a certain amount of information about this. But I think this is good stuff. That the technology in the military is continuing and is continuing in the United States. And the United States, we keep hearing about China having all these weapons and the United States should be afraid. For example, China has a new jet plane that, oh my God, it, it can fly rings around the F-16s or the F-18s. Well, the F-16s and the F-18s are older generation planes. We actually have F-35s and we have stealth fighters and we have jets that 
it would probably go rings around the Chinese fighters. And we also have technology that goes way beyond there, way beyond them. And you can tell it goes way beyond them because China is trying to negotiate things with other countries, including the United States. And because Joe Biden's in the White House, they think they can get away with it. We'll talk about that. So here's one that's kind of interesting. This one's coming out of Israel during the Israel-Hamas war. This is according to the Daily Wire. The Israel Defense Force Forces, IDF, will reportedly deploy a new weapon to trap and seal off Hamas terrorists inside the hundreds of miles of underground tunnels that they hide in underneath Gaza. The Telegraph reported that the IDF will use sponge bombs to fight the terrorist group responsible for massacring 1,400 Israelis and wounding 5,300. Sponge bombs, which Israel has reportedly been using in training exercises over the last two years, are chemical bombs that, when detonated, rapidly expand into a foam into a foam that quickly hardens. So essentially what this does is, so here's the problem Israel is having. Israel's, these Hamas terrorists are cowards. They're like rats. They're scurrying in tunnels. So what these sponge bombs do is you, they are made up of two chemicals and the chemicals are separated by a thin panel of plastic or something like plastic, a, co a composite of some sort. When the bomb is detonated, detonated, the plastic breaks and the two chemicals go together. Those chemicals then react, expand into a foam-like sub substance, and then harden almost immediately, basically creating a wall. Well, they're dropping these bombs inside those tunnels. So they'll drop this bomb in a tunnel, and then the Israelis will go through the tunnel entrance and walk through the tunnel entrance find the Hamas terrorists that are trying to scurry to the exit because they're cowards, and then kill the terrorists because they're trapped. And apparently this has been happening pretty, pretty much all the time. Now, the Israelis are, of course, dropping bombs and blowing up the, the tunnels themselves too. They did that, I think it was day before yesterday or yesterday. They dropped a bomb. The bomb hit a tunnel. And you can tell they're tunnels because when the bomb hits, it doesn't just leave a crater. It actually collapses the entire tunnel and the crater ends up gigantic. And they, they point this out because these tunnels are underneath civilians. And before Hamas can sit there and say, oh, hey, you killed civilians, Israel points, well, uh, take a look at this. You've got a tunnel underneath civilian buildings. So yeah, we, we bombed them and uh, you guys are hiding. Breaking the Geneva Convention, by the way. So instead of just doing that, now they're going from place to place. They're finding these tunnels. They're dropping these bombs at the other end of the tunnels, trapping the Hamas terrorists, and then they're killing them. Like it. I mean, it's not efficient. It takes a long time to do that because you have to go to the tunnels. But then again, this is an example. Israel's not trying to kill civilians. Contrary to what Hamas says, they're not trying to kill civilians. Just, it, but unfortunately, it is what it is. Sometimes you got it. All right. The next one is the United States. And, you know, this is good. The United States is going to need to create new weapons. And the reason is because our soldiers 
keep eating Twinkies when they're younger and they're all overweight and we got to worry about their pronouns and crap like that. So we're having real problems getting good soldiers in the military right now. I mean, we already have a ton of good soldiers, but any new soldier, we've got a lot of crap we got to deal with. So we better have decent weapons. Now, you know some of this is scaring the crap out of China because China is now trying to negotiate arms deals with the United States. In other words, what they're trying to do is, for example, nuclear deals. They're trying to start up nuclear deals where they'll have nuclear bomb freezes. And you're wondering, where did this come from? This came out day before yesterday where China suddenly wants to make deals with the United States and other countries to freeze nuclear armaments. Well, this could be one of the reasons why. According to the Daily Wire, the U.S. Department of Defense announced a new modernized nuclear bomb that will increase the military's readiness to deter aggression and launch strategic attacks if needed. The new bomb, designated B-6113, will be modernized version of B-61 nuclear gravity bomb and will be deliverable by modern aircraft to the target. Now, what makes this important? Here, here's the reality. We really don't know anything about this bomb. Okay. But if it's, and they don't tell us what the real difference is between the original bomb and this one, chances are this is a missile. And chances are this missile runs at supersonic speeds. And chances are this missile can withstand the speeds of our supersonic aircraft. And the chances are this missile probably has some stealth capabilities. They don't discuss anything about this bomb in the article because the military does not release that information. But you know it's good stuff. And it's good to see the military is continually doing this. And now all you have to do is ignore China because China, oh, we got it. We need it. We suddenly need a freeze when it comes to building nuclear bombs. Well, they didn't have that problem next four weeks ago. Chances are they just found out about this. They found out about our nuclear capabilities. And guess what? They probably rock ass compared to the nuclear capabilities of China. And they're a little bit scared of it. Here's the thing with China. They can't get into, they can't get into a building war with the United States. They can't. And the reason they can't is the United States has money, still more money than China does, and they can't compete with us. They learned, Russia learned this. The Soviet Union learned this. They fell because of this. Now, the economy in China is an absolute disaster, and they cannot get into an arms race with us. They don't have the money. They just can't do it. And if they're seeing, oh my God, they're developing supersonic missiles that can be fired from supersonic airplanes, they're probably scared. And God forbid if these things are, are actually being sent from drones, maybe drones that can go supersonic? I don't know. You tell me. See, here's the thing. Whenever people say, I, I, especially in the Arizona de desert, the Nevada desert, the desert of California, they keep saying they see UFOs, they see UFOs, they see UFOs. I don't buy it. That's our technology. When the military is kind of cruising in their ships and they see this technology flying around the oceans and they don't know what it is and they call it a UFO and then 
Pictures are posted by the Department of Defense. Pictures, by the way, that really don't show anything. Do I and and, and China say that's not ours? That's not ours. Is it ours? I'm thinking probably. I think we have weapons nobody can conceive of. And the fact that they're making this announcement, I guarantee you this this B61 13 nuclear missile and it's not a, it's not an air bomb, it's not one that has to be dropped from a plane. I guarantee you that's not even the latest that we have. So all this stuff do I wouldn't be shocked if we have a super a drone that can go supersonic speed. I wouldn't it, when everyone says we got to worry about China because now they have missiles that go supersonic. Where do you think they got the technology? And believe me, we've had super stuff that goes supersonic speed a long time ago. This is not something that just came. I just I just I laugh. I remember in the old days they were talking about in in the deserts of Nevada. Area 50, by Area 51, as a matter of fact, they kept, people kept screaming that they saw UFOs, they saw UFOs. And for years, people were taking pictures of these things flying with the lights and it flying really fast and undetectable by radar. And it was just quiet, silent. And then we find out they were our stealth helicopters. They were the stealth bomber. They were the stealth jet fighters. They were all testing them in the desert. Because you know they're testing them over the ocean too. And we have no technology that goes that fast. Well, I'm not so sure we don't. There's very possibility. we. There's a very heavy possibility we do. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, no dumbasses of the day today on the podcast. But go to Rumble. My uh, podcast is being actually uploaded to rumble the video parts of the podcast i'm actually recording some of the podcast and uploading it to rumble so go to rumble type in dumbassetalkingpolitics.com if you want to see the dumbasses of the day it's going to be on rumble i hope you guys and you can actually see yesterday's parts of yesterday's podcast basically what i'm going to end up putting on rumble is going to be dumbasses of the day and my introduction, just the the deep thoughts portion of the podcast. Deep thoughts portion of the podcast is not even going to be on the website. This is something I just, I walk around, I come up with, and I start talking about. And you can see sometimes they're a little unorganized because there's no script. I'm just going. So I hope you guys have a great day. There will be no podcast tomorrow. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.